Final question, Daryl. Uh, your best guess with the third pick in the NFL draft, the New York Jets will select. You are now listening to the Jets Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jets Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. My name is Andrew Claudio. We are less than two weeks away from the 2019 NFL Draft. And just like the Jets uh, potentially trading back, uh, we have no clue what they're going to do either um, on next Thursday. I know (laughs) that we may do a draft party that night. Who knows? It's all hearsay at this point. It's all fun and good. Hey, 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 Jesse, we have a formula to this. (laughs) I will do a little soft open and then bring you in, sir. (laughs) <laughs> Joining me all the way from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Mr. Jesse Finver. Jesse, how you been, buddy? I'm good, man. As you can tell, I'm I'm raring to go. You know, I'm, you are I'm interrupting you, and I'm let's do this. You ready for the draft? Is what oh, I can yeah. see. Uh, real quick, because we're gonna have a guest on Daryl Slater from uh, uh, New Jersey Advanced Media. You can read all his stuff at the Star Ledger and NJ.com. Um, He's going to join us, and we're going to talk all about the draft and, and what the Jets might do at three, whether they trade back, some other options, whether McCagney's on the hot seat, all of the above. You're going to hear it in just a second. Jesse, what are your thoughts on the uniforms? I love them, and I was about to say I can't wait to get my jersey. Um, now, here's how I rank it. I like the white the most, the white really? on green. Okay. Um, I think it's the cleanest. The all I, I always have had, a, like, Penn State's all-white jerseys. Jets all white jerseys. I've always had a spot, soft spot okay. for all whites. It's just so clean, and it looks so good on the green field. I don't know. Uh, and then you have the green numbers that match with the field. It's just it looks great. Uh, and plus the helmet, just it just works with each uniform they have. Then the black jersey, the all black. Um, honestly, like I think black on green would look kind of cool. I'd have to see it first, but um, the all black is really cool. And then the green jersey, um, eh, it's whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I hope they wear black and white most of the time. Uh, but they are the Jets, gang green. So <laughs> they'll be wearing that wonderful green jersey. Um, you know, I think that it's a upgrade regardless over the, the previous jerseys. You know, I was I, I moved I moved on Monday. And so uh, I was going through all my clothes. I found my Dustin Keller green jersey. Jeez, and, that's a name. And I have oh, my, wow. Darrell Re- my Darrell Revis white jersey. And I was just looking at them. And I was like, these suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's just such a i don't know it the, the colors are just like everything reminds me of mold just skeeves me out i don't know I, i'm just really happy <laughs> for something fresh and new and i think that if you're complaining about the jets jerseys you're probably not a jets fan if you're a jets fan you probably like the jets jerseys for the most part uh it's just one of those things where the rest of the nfl fans like to shit all over the jets and the jets just kind of take it and we just embrace it, and we are the New York Jets fans. So yeah. I'm going to embrace these uniforms, and I don't care what anybody else has to say about them. So when the Browns added new uniforms last year, when the Browns added their their black jersey, right, uh, they got the same reaction. And then Baker Mayfield showed up, and they started winning games, and the black, yeah. the black jerseys now look pretty cool. They're like the Odell Beckham black uh, NFL jersey is one of the highest – selling in the nfl right hey, now when when Le'Veon bell takes one 70 yards to the house in a all black jersey it's gonna look pretty 
smelled like pretty sweet. Exactly. Right? But like more specifically, when the Jets start winning, that's when we'll start to like these jerseys. Like a, a new still color. Hit me. Like, but like a new color. Oh, that Le'Veon Bell's a Jet. Yeah, it still doesn't hit me that he's a Jet. Like, yeah. I'm not going to believe it until I actually see it. That's right? going to be me and Kevin Durant, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'll care about this color scheme difference if they're 4 and 12 again. Like, that's going to be the biggest change. When the Seahawks, who arguably had the very best color change in the NFL when they went from that old jersey from the Matt the Hasselbeck blue. era to yeah. the current jersey they have now that everybody loves, I don't think we would have cared about it if they were 8-8, eight 7-9 and eight, seven and nine and making the playoffs again. No, they became a Super Bowl contender, and people started to notice, hey, I like that jersey. I'm going to wear a Russell Wilson or uh, – uh, Richard Sherman jersey, and that looks like I would like to add that to my collection. Yeah. The same thing, the thing goes for the Jets. If they're a playoff team this year and they make a run, we're going to start to look at the color scheme and say, I, I would like to add that to my to my collection. So here's my thing. Um, or not my thing, but people's thing. I'm um, getting uh, Being in Conference USA country mm-hmm. uh, in Hattiesburg, uh, two oh, teams that, like Marshall. that Marshall and – North Texas. I've been getting a lot of Marshall and North Texas comparisons. Uh, fans I interact with, because I'm the Southern Miss beat reporter down here in Hattiesburg. Fans I interact with, they know I'm a Jets fan. Coworkers, uh, peers, they're all like, so what do you think of the new Jets jerseys, huh? You guys are the mean green machine now, and Marshall or whatever, what, or the Texas mean green. <laughs> I, you know what? It's a different, it's Gotham green, and it's our green, and I like it. And everybody who doesn't like it can go kick rocks and eat my shorts, okay? Okay, in that order. Um, I I maintain, if they're good, I will enjoy the jerseys. Like, no <laughs> one cares what color you are when you're 3 and 13. Uh, all right, let's get to this interview. Jet fans, as you know, next Thursday is a very important day for this franchise. Whether we're trading up or trading down or taking the number three overall and drafting an edge rusher that this team has lacked for years, there are some very important questions that we have. And joining us to answer, hopefully, some of those questions from the Star Ledger and NJ.com, it's the one and only Daryl Slater. Daryl, welcome to the Jetstream. Thanks, guys, for having me. appreciate it. We appreciate you making the time. Um, I, this is obviously going to be an important question that a lot of Jets fans are asking um, <laughs> because we have a quarterback. So the number three pick just isn't as important as it used to be, although it is still the number three pick. Uh, how likely is it that the Jets are going to make this pick and tra- and not trade out of the, the number three pick? And if they do, who's the most likely trade partner? I think I think they'd like to trade back if they could get a good deal, and I think um, you know depending on how desperate a team would be to move up for a quarterback, they certainly could get a good deal, along the lines of what they got last year in terms of getting a, um, uh, a three second round picks or giving up three second round picks. They'd be getting that potentially this time. I think Mike McCagnum would love that. Um, you, know, you look at all the quarterback needy teams. Washington. I saw in a mock draft, you know, the other day that the Jets were pro- projected to deal with Washington. Um, the Dolphins, you know, the teams that have been doing their homework, would the Giants move up from six to three? Maybe, but maybe they can get Dwayne Haskins at six. So, hmm. and they don't need to move up to three to get him. I mean, maybe Kyler Murray goes first, maybe not. So there's a lot of unknowns here. And I think Mike McCagnum would be wise to kind of wait it out and, and see, um, and, 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 and see what, what his options are at three, because if Nick Most is there, it's going to be hard to pass on him. 
Well, you bring up Nick Bosa. I, I think that he's the consensus. Like, if he's there, you have to take him, guy. But there's been a lot of talk of Quinn and Williams, you know, jumping up draft boards now, uh, especially after the combine, you know, the, the 40 that he was able to run. Um, but let me ask you this. So true or false, Quinn and Williams is the best player available, but Bosa or Allen fill the Jets' need at edge rusher more. Well, I think you could certainly make the case. Look, I mean, like, I mean, me answering definitively true or false is basically a guess. So <laughs> I guess true. I mean, it's all guesswork. It's like all educated guesswork for all these guys. But uh, you could certainly make that case. I know he doesn't play as sexy of a position. He definitely would have a need for the Jets position wise, even though they brought back Steve McClendon. It's not like he's going to be with them forever. Their run defense stunk last year. They need to find a way to upgrade that. He's a difference maker. Quentin Williams is no doubt. I mean, no doubt about it. Um William or uh, Nick Bosa, rather, um, certainly is a sexier name and a guy who uh, would fill a need. And Josh Allen uh, certainly would fill a need. I mean, but you're looking at, you know, Josh Allen, a guy who hasn't done it at a for an extensive amount of time. And nor has Quentin Williams. Like a lot of college guys, they don't have a ton of uh, ton of tape out there. And they had they both had one really awesome year. And that's sometimes what you get. Right. And that's what you have to go off of. So that's what makes it such a tough, inexact science. And challenge to predict all this stuff is um you know you're not dealing with a lot of a body of work there but um but yeah i think if the jets stay at three they could take a, you know and presuming both is not there i think Allen and williams are both in the mix there for them if they do stay at three if they're not able to get a deal done with a team that wants to move up and, and go get a quarterback um and or you know wants to move up get a quarterback and wants to give the jets what they what they would like to move back so uh that's sort of where I see things. Gotcha. You know, uh, you, you mentioned um, Quinn, you mentioned Josh Allen, and you know, and all these guys. Uh, my question to you though is, you know, if you have Josh Allen at three, you know, the Jets haven't had a pass rusher like a Josh Allen or a Nick Bosa because you know it's pretty much everyone's thinking Bosa is going in the first two picks, right? So. If Josh Allen is there, Quinnen Williams is there. I feel like the Jets already have their Quinnen Williams type of guy and Leonard Williams. And then when they sure. re-signed Henry Anderson, you know, he's more of like a 3-4 defensive end and he's a bigger body they can throw in the middle too. Um, is Allen the better fit? You know, because the Jets, like I said, they haven't had an edge rusher like Josh Allen in since maybe what, John Abraham, right? Sure. I mean, as far as we know, if we think he might be that, you know, I think that people looked looked at, you know, a lot of the guys who have come out over the years and said this guy's going to be like that guy, and he, and he never was. That's just the tough part about the draft. But I agree with you. Uh, yeah, they do have a similar player in Leonard Williams. Um, and so it depends on whether they want to go. But maybe you could make the case that Quinn and Williams would be the better player available. So would Mike McCagney want to go better player available if – if indeed he views Quinn Williams as such, or would he want to go more with need? Because if he's going more with need, then it's definitely Josh Allen. Of course, there's a possibility he views Josh Allen as a better player than Quinn Williams in a vacuum anyway. Um, but I think a lot of people don't see it that way. So that's a great point. You know, I think that's a, a really good point. And, um, you know, I did that even though the Jets like to talk about and teams like to talk about how we took best player available, top of our draft board, all that stuff, need factors. And we all know it does. <laughs> and the Jets have an enormous needed edge rusher. So not to get into too much detail, because this is the Jet stream and not CNN, uh, Nick Bosa's name has come up in some controversy lately, and there's been some talk of him falling in the draft. If he's there at three, the Jets are going to draft him, right? And if, if not, how far do you see him falling if he does? 
You're saying like he would fall because he's had Trump support. Listen, tweets? man, I don't think it's at all happening. I think he's <laughs> going to be the number two pick in the draft. I am just exploring the options. If he falls to three, there is no foreseeable way that the Jets can can pass on this guy, right? Twitter, is, no, Twitter I agree. Is yeah, no, I don't think they're going to pass on him. Okay, good. If he's there at three, and I don't think, um, no, I don't think that they would they would weigh that against him. Um, I know he brought kind of, I didn't even know about it really until he kind of brought attention to it because of the fact that he did, you know, whatever he stopped tweeting or whatever he did. Oh, it's because completely self-inflicted. It yeah. I mean, he brought it up in an interview in regard to San Francisco and stuff like that. I, you know, I mean, New York's not San Francisco. Um, you know, I'm sure there's the Jets fans of all different political stripes. So, um, yeah, as far as I know, he, was he tweeting any, wasn't tweeting anything racist or anything yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think if he was, I would, we would have all heard about it, but this, I, I hadn't really even heard about this until a couple of days ago when he basically said he stopped tweeting or deleted his account or whatever he did. Um, <laughs> because of, and then he said why he did it. Well, you know, whatever. I think it's, I don't understand the upside of these guys having Twitter anyway. It's silly. Like just keep, you know, <laughs> like, you have so much public, everything about you is public. Just, just what happened to like just enjoying some privacy. And I think more and more guys are, you know, you don't see Sam Darnold having a Twitter account and, um, it's just nice to sometimes be unreachable. Uh, and I think we all feel that way. I imagine if you're a public figure. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think that'll affect him. I think if he, it, I think if he, I don't think he drops out of the top two. I, I see him going first or second. And if he is there for the Jets, it's another no brainer pick for Mike Cagden. And I think he makes it. He's no way he falls past three. Who knows? But stranger things have happened. I, I, don't, I don't see it though. Yeah. So you, so you say, you know, uh, another no brainer pick for McCagnon. He's had a, quite a few of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of lucked out in the first round, especially where he hasn't really had to make that tough of a decision. Yeah. You know, Jamal Adams fell in his lap. Leonard Williams fell in his lap. Sam Darnold fell in his lap. And those were three no brainers for him to make. So my question to you is, you know, with his draft history, you know, it hasn't been good past the first round. So if he doesn't have a good draft, you know, is, is this potentially Mike McCagnon's last season? Well, I, I, it's going to be hard to know if he had a good draft this season, if that makes sense, unless a guy's a total catastrophic failure who he picks at, you know, number three. Say, like, he picks Josh Allen at three, he's a f- total flop, and, uh, you know, Quinn and Williams goes elsewhere and he's really good. I, I don't think that would be the reason that, that he would get fired. If the Jets don't show enough progress this year and Sam Darnold doesn't show enough progress this year, he's going to get fired, um, and he should get fired um, because he's been dad in the middle rounds of the draft. Um and that would be a big case for for firing him. But I don't think you could you could necessarily market against them what happens in this draft because it takes a while to know whether guys are good or not. The the, the thing that we're, that's working against McCagney is we already know a lot of his mid round picks aren't good. You know Lorenzo Maldon, Devin Smith, Chad Hanson, Ardarius. So we go on forever. So Jesus. Um, <laughs> you're getting yeah, PTSD. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so basically, yeah, we already know that. Um, you know, these guys aren't any good and that, that, that they didn't work out. And those would be able to count against them. In addition to if Sam Darnold doesn't develop and that team doesn't win enough games, he should be gone, you know, because he ended, look, he invested all his money in all these guys like Le'Veon Bell, CJ Mosley, you know, Trumaine Johnson last year. If those guys don't, don't play well, then yeah, he should be fired. Um, so, but I don't think that this year's draft would end if have anything to do with it. So what if, you know, so that the Jets don't have the second round pick right now and everyone's talking about them trading down. You know, if they do trade down, they amass these picks. Should Jets fans have confidence in this guy to make the right picks? Because he just hasn't done it the last whatever amount of years he's been here. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly plenty of reasons for skepticism or, you know, whether you want to call it skepticism or um, 
you know, doubt or whatever that he could that he could make these middle round picks correctly. Yeah, the track record is not good. And so, you know, I don't know how much, you know, poor picking in one draft impacts another. Can this guy scout? You know, that's what he came to the Jets with a reputation for doing, you know, college scouting. He wanted to rebuild through the draft. And quite frankly, he hasn't. He hasn't. You know, I mean, he they had the Jets had to trade three second round picks to get Sam Darnold because, you know, the guy he previously picked to be his quarterback of the future was a complete and utter disaster. So maybe Sam Darnold works mm-hmm. out. Maybe he wins the Super Bowl for the Jets and no one remembers, you know, mm-hmm. the Christian Hackenberg disaster or the fact that the Jets had to trade up for Sam Darnold. No one, no one will remember it. You know, that's the ultimate goal. However you get there, you know, that's, that's the goal. Um, but I, you know, I will remember the, the Christian Hackenberg <laughs> as, as, as a, as a former Penn Stater, I will absolutely remember the Christian Hackenberg debacle. I will I remember think, where yeah. I was and what I was doing when he got and drafted. Teams, teams kind of sometimes take circuitous routes to success. And that would be what Mike McCagden would do because, you know, he, he has not nailed the draft and no one, it's an inexact science, like I said, but you know, really good GMs separate themselves from not as good a GMs by how good they do in the middle rounds of the draft. And that's the reality of it. And he has not done a good enough job in the middle rounds. And, you know, I think you look at the top of the first round, you're in the top of the first round, you're going to get a good player. And sometimes the picks a no brainer. And most, most GMs can make that pick. Um, and, right. uh, and, but it, it's, it's third round, it's fourth round and, and avoiding guys like the guys I mentioned, you know, our Darius Stewart, Devin Smith, Chad Henson, all those guys, Lorenzo Malden, the guys who just never worked out and were middle round picks. What about Adam Gase? You know, this is a new hire for McCagnan. Um, is he tied to Mike, uh, or is it more of like Mike's leash is significantly shorter than Gase's is right now? Well, yeah, definitely McCagnan's leash is shorter. Leash is shorter, and maybe his lease on his job, I guess, or you know, <laughs> or whatever. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's under contract through twenty twenty. Mike McCagnan is, and you know, Adam Gase is under contract. I'm not sure for for how long, but. Um, he certainly, you know, going into year one is not is not tied to the GM. So that's that's the interesting part of the job he took. You know, I mean, there's no no perfect job when a team stinks so so much that they have to hire a new coach. There's always going to be issues, but you know, he steps into a situation. Adam Gase does where the GM, who played a big part in hiring him, might not be around next year. So in 2020. So yeah, I think if if uh, if the Jets play well this year and they show progress and they have to, they have to extend McCagnan. You can't go have him being a lame duck coming off a successful year going into 2020. If they don't think he's the guy, then they have to fire him. So that's the decision um, that they have to make after the season. Could you envision potentially, you know, McCag- uh, excuse me, Gase had control of player personnel decisions in Miami. Say McCagnan does get fired. Say the season's a disaster and they fire him. And it's not, it's, it's more of a talent thing and not a coaching thing. Um, could you envision the Jets maybe giving Gase total control like he had in Miami, or is that not part of the, the deal at all with him? That That's a great, great question, and honestly one that I had not seen brought up at all. So I'm, it, it, that's a really good question. But I think it, it, to, to answer it as best I can, um, to answer it as best I can, I think um, – no, I don't think uh, that would be something that Adam Gates would have interest in doing. And he said it in his press conference, like afterwards, I think during or afterwards, that he didn't really want that, that that was offered to him and he took it. But that's right. not something he sought out. He just wanted to coach. So given that he's publicly on the record of saying that, it would be kind of weird if he accepted it with open arms and people had any trust in him being able to do it right because he had a lot of problems with it in Miami. And the way he kind of framed it in, in his press conference afterwards was like, oh, this wasn't really something I wanted to do or was really th- – you know, advertise myself as being good at. So if they, if the Jets were to, to, to hand him that control such a short time after him basically saying that, you know, that's not his area of expertise, I think it would be kind of weird. I think what they would and should do is go out and hire 
you know, a new GM. Now, currently on NJ.com, you do have a, a pretty good lengthy list of all the different players that are going to be going to the Jets Pro Day um, with the 68th and the 94th pick for the Jets. They're both of their third-round picks. Uh, who do you think Jet fans should pay attention to and start doing the, the YouTube deep dive and who they could potentially take with those two picks? Yeah, I think there's a lot of possibilities that the, that the Jets could address in the middle rounds. And now, you know, we talked about maybe will they trade back and get get a guy in in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's another one to consider some of those middle round guys. Um, you know, you look at that list of the pre-draft visits, a lot of those guys are going to be, um, you know, higher profile players. But um, if you look at, you know, just to take a look at the list here as I'm talking to you guys, just to have a frame of reference. But, um, you know, of course, they're bringing in Quinn and Williams and those type of guys. But, you know, you want to get looks at guys like Eric McCoy, who's a center uh, from Texas A&M. He would be an interesting guy who they're not picking at number three. And the kid from the offensive tackle from West Virginia, and I'm probably going to butcher his name, Yadni could. could can you stay? Could you stay? Your guess Kajus. is as good as mine. <laughs> yeah. Is that really how it's pronounced? It, I'm pretty Kajus. sure it's Kajust. That's, in, but, that's yeah, yeah. He'd be an interesting one if the second round, third round. I mentioned the the center from Texas A&M, Eric McCoy. What do the Jets do at center? I mean, they don't really. They don't have an answer there right now. I mean, I think it's how many? It's one month after free agency started, and they their center's Jonathan Harrison, and maybe they're okay with that. And then I think another interesting position, of course, is cornerback. What do they do? Justin Lane came to visit him. He's a kid from Michigan State who's not going to be a first round pick. And another one, a Penn State kid who you're familiar with, and I'll probably you can help me with the uh, last name. Uh, Armani Umo. Or Marie or something like that. Yeah, yeah Amani, I know. I was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say Amani Aru Aruaye. So I'm, yeah, I'm sure Aru- it's really Aru- not as hard as yeah. I'm making it sound. And no, uh, it's so, hard. You're you're. you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so those are some guys to watch. I mean, you know, you're not you're talking about you, know, you bringing guys for these visits, and yeah, they're generally going to be generally going to be guys who are going to take in the top of four rounds, probably uh, three, four rounds, but they're not all going to be your possibilities at number three or your first round pick. So, um, yeah, and those are positions in need. I kind of ran them down, you know, the offensive yeah. tackle spot and, uh, and cornerback for sure as the Jets look toward the future. So are we basically looking in those five picks in day two, three, and four, um, we're basically looking at corner and offensive line, or do they take a chance on some type of a playmaker position? Sure, I think receiver could be in the mix. You know, I, I don't necessarily think they're going to pick a running back, a tight end, maybe, just because you know Jordan Leggett hasn't really done much of anything, so they need to have someone besides Chris Herndon who can be a reliable tight end. So maybe that's one. But I think if you look at the big need spots, if you're talking about offensive line and cornerback, and of course edge rusher, which the Jets could address high. But um, but those would be the spots. Maybe they, they take a flyer and a kid in the late rounds who is a skill guy in terms of a receiver who can also return uh, because they, they do have a, a pretty big question mark at returner. But that wouldn't be something they would address super high, um, I wouldn't think. So you can maybe get a value on, on, on a guy in the sixth round who gives you, um, you know, offensive potential, but more so maybe a special teams burner type guy um, that you could bring in and develop. So, Daryl, uh I don't know if you know this, but I live in Mississippi, and uh, I deal with a lot of Ole Miss and whatnot. And one sure. of the most polarizing players in the draft is from Ole Miss, and that's uh, DK Metcalf. Um, now, obviously, we've we've talked about whether or not the Jets will trade down or not. I don't think that they would spend a number three pick on a wide receiver. But if the Jets do trade down, have you heard anything about whether or not the Jets would be looking at a DK Metcalf type of guy? Do they like AJ Brown more, who people down here like more, to be honest, or are they going you know, to maybe? Use a, if they do trade down, they'll have a second-round pick. Maybe they look at a guy like Nikhil Harry in the second round. Have you, what have you heard about wide receivers in the Jets? 
I think if they trade down in the second round, that should be a spot where they should address offensive tackle. Um, and but but they could they could go for a receiver. I don't see Metcalf going to the third round or, or, or you know maybe not Nikhil Harry either. So, um, but you look at Metcalf and and maybe yeah, look you never know. But I I don't think it would necessarily be the right move to um, to address that in the second round. And yes, he is right. something of a, like a project guy. He's a very raw. He's obviously a physical freak, athletic freak. Um, and dealt with those injuries last year, but, um, yeah, I think he'd be a guy who would certainly be, a you know, prominent name, a guy who made a big splash at the combine, but that always, doesn't always translate. I think a lot of times we tend to look at the combine and put a lot of stock into it. And, um, but the, you know, you got to remember these GMs and these, these college scouting staffs, they, they watch these guys like all year throughout the year. And then they go over the tape of them, you know, actually playing in games and stuff like that. And, and that matters, I think in a lot of cases more so than what happens at the combine. But like, you know, I kind of mentioned earlier, Matt Calf was, I don't know what his total games played were last year, but he was significantly limited by injuries. Right? He had that foot injury. Uh, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, so that that's, that's tough. You know, it was seven games last year. So that's, that's hard to project um, what, what that guy might be. So um, I don't think he can necessarily do it all of what he looks like, right? Seven games, 26 catches, 569 yards, and five touchdowns last year. You know, that foot injury, I guess, is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in the year before, 39, 646, and seven. So he's produced, but not, you know, he hasn't been, like you said, like A.J. Brown production. So it depends on where you fall. Do you like a guy who is more of a, uh, you know, guy you can build with in terms of a raw potential type, uh, physical freak, or do you like maybe more of a polished, proven player who has who has a track record? So I think that would be the, the question they'd have to ask themselves if they if they wanted to address that position in the second round. But I don't think it would be wise to do that. Now, the reason I bring it up in the first place is just because the Jets wide receivers, you know, it hasn't exactly been um, a, co- a consistent position that they've had. Robbie Anderson dealing with a lot of criminal stuff off the field uh, and uh, Quincy Nunwood can never stay healthy. But specifically with Robbie Anderson, like uh, I want to ask you about him because it seems like he's really, you know, cleaned himself up. Um, whether it's on Twitter or at the Jersey uh, uh, reveal, you know, you just—it seems like he's just has a different air about him. And you're obviously in New Jersey. You're with the team all the time, and you're on the beat. And I'm in Mississippi, so this is just observations <laughs> I'm making from afar. But what I want to know is from your perspective, what have you seen in terms of a you know a little bit of growth and maturity? What have you seen? from Robbie Anderson uh, over the last, I don't know, year or so? Because it seems like he's definitely gotten his, his act together. Yeah. I mean, I suppose so. It's really hard for us to really know these guys. That's the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. so I don't, I'm not going to claim to really know a guy or whether he's matured or whatever, but I think the proof is in, you know, the proof is in the results. And, you know, you didn't see him getting into any, any issues this off season. And mm-hmm. I, he, he mentioned it, you know, to us at the, at the um, uniform unveiling thing that he, you know, he realizes that what's at stake for him entering a real, you know, contract year for the first time so that he can't put himself in situations. And I think that's kind of a cop out way of saying, like, put yourself in situations like do dumb stuff. Like, yeah, uh, you know, we don't really know what happened in any of those cases because basically well, one one case was thrown out and the other one was pled down to a reckless driving charge. So he did. He definitely put in, he definitely did something dumb in the in at least in the case where the reckless driving charge the other said one some unsavory things to a police yeah officer. i mean and, and that's <laughs> the thing you know those there was no body cam footage of it no dash cam footage so whether he you know it's sort of hearsay you know, allegedly but, yeah we'll throw allegedly yeah. in front of it and so either he got lucky 
or, <laughs> or, or, you know, or, or that never happened. And so you can look at it however you want it, want to, but, um, but he, but yeah, I think anyone would agree that, yeah, he, the guy had some growing up to do. And I think he would even, he would even acknowledge that as well. And so he wants to have a big year. He's got high goals and, uh, yeah, I think you've seen a little bit of that, I guess it's funny, you know, but We'll see, you know, like we'll see how he handles himself throughout the rest of the offseason. And then more importantly, how does he handle himself when adversity happens during the season? Because that's going to happen. But he's done a pretty good job, I think, of being a pretty level-headed guy within the context of football. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely a guy who has got potential to be a 1,000-yard receiver, and that's the goal he set for himself. Final question, Daryl. Uh, your best guess with the third pick in the NFL draft, the New York Jets will select... Well, I think they go Quinn and Williams. I think you'll see Kyler Murray and Nick Bosa go one, two. Um, and I think the Jets go Quinn and Williams there. Now, if, if say Bosa goes one and whatever happens at two, uh, I, I just said Quinn and Williams at three, but say Bosa, say Bosa goes one or two. I think the Jets go Josh Allen at three. Um, so whether it's Kyler Murray one, Bosa two, or Bosa one and, and Quinn and Williams two, that would take the Quinn and Williams question out of it for the Jets, and it would definitely be Allen there at three. But I think if the pick is between Quinn and Williams and Josh Allen for the Jets at three, I think they do go with Josh Allen. Now, whether that's the right pick or the wrong pick, we won't know for a few years to come, but um, I think Josh Allen is the guy there uh, as they try to address their edge rusher need. So this is actually the last question. Is this you <laughs> definitively saying that you don't think the Jets are going to trade down? No, I think – no, that's not – I think if they stay there at three, I think they take Josh Allen. I think that they, if the opportunity arises, they will trade down. I think they really want to. Um, so, I'm, no, no, I would, I would not say right now or even the day before the draft that they definitively will not trade down. I think, um, if anything – you know, at this point, you, you know, if you want to decide on the likelihood of it happening, I think it's more likely to happen than not to happen. Um, oh, wow. But, uh, but yeah, I think they need to, they need to get uh, maybe maybe sixty forty. It's kind of just a ballpark guess right now that I think it happens, but it's not a lock. It's certainly not a lock because you look at the quarterback situation being so kind of weird and fluid this year, and and do the Giants actually need to move up or not, and that sort of thing. So, you know, could a team jump in front of the Giants? Um, like the Jets did last year, you know, going from six to three in that deal with the Colts and kind of boxing out the other quarterback needy teams. So a lot of factors to consider. And I think the Jets would be smart. Mike McKagan would be smart to wait it out because wait it out and see if Bose is there. If he's not there, okay, you know, maybe take that trade offer. Uh, and then Mike McKagan even said, Sometimes as you get closer to the draft and even on draft night, um, you can kind of be more demanding of what you're asking from teams as opposed to earlier in the draft. So maybe, you know, I think he's trying to frame that in the way that he thinks the Jets got a good deal out of that pick with, with Sam Darnold last year, giving away three second round picks because they did it in the middle of March. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, in his mind, maybe, you you know, you waited out, maybe you get more and you waited out. You also know whether Bose is going to be there. So there's there's plenty of reasons for them to wait it out. Good stuff. Okay. Daryl Slater, thank you for joining us here on the Jets. Thank you, Daryl. You can find all of his work at the Star Ledger on NJ.com. One I want to highlight that all Jets fans should go read. Uh, the headline is Seven Key Questions Facing Jets and Mike McCagnin. Uh, we covered a lot of it in this art in this podcast, but go, it's a little more in depth of what questions Mike McCagnin actually needs to answer. Uh, on April 25th. Uh, Daryl, thank you. This was a blast, and we uh, look forward to reading more of your stuff on uh, on the Jets this season. We hope yeah, to have thanks. you on again, man. 
Yeah, thank you for having me. Would happy to be come, happy to come on any time. Be happy to do it. Uh, that the story you actually mentioned was written by the guy who covers the team with me, and Matt Stipolkowski. His name is great, great reporter. Does a really good job. So I actually didn't write that, but uh, but Matt did, a, <laughs> Matt, Matt did a Matt did a, Matt did a really good job of that. Yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. Matt did a good job. See, of it, you so, tweeted so it, out it out as if you did, so I assumed <laughs> that it was your writing. The one that he did do that we did actually address. Uh, I now have a correction here the list of prospects visiting the jets including josh allen josh allen quinnon williams jonah williams and more so the list of players to look at at more than just the three pick in the draft is uh, you'll get a good list that we went over here uh at nj.com slash jets there yeah, you go appreciate you guys having me on thanks everybody for reading and uh yeah i'll be happy to come on anytime thanks right. guys appreciate you man thanks all right now take care Thanks again to Daryl for coming on this episode of the Jet Stream. Uh, if you dig his stuff, go to nj.com slash jets and read a lot of it. It may or may not be him tweeting out his stuff or his <laughs> colleague's stuff. Um, I That's the paper I grew up on. Really? I got, oh, I got the Star Ledger. Jersey. Yeah. I got the Star Ledger every single day, and I would read the sports section every morning. I don't know if Daryl was, was there when we – I don't know um, if he was there when I was still reading the Star Ledger because – I kind of just read it online now. Yeah. Uh, but it's always been a great paper. And go read his stuff. He's a really good reporter. What is your biggest takeaway? Um, I think my biggest takeaway is that he thinks the Jets are 60-40 going to trade down. Yeah, that's, that's easily for me, too. Like, yeah. I, I think um, they should, too. I, yeah, I think that there's just too many needs they have to address, and there's no reason for them to be picking at three this year. You know, There, there are other edge rushers they can get later on. Um, you know, or, you know, they can get a cornerback, uh, they can get uh, a wide receiver in the second round. Although Daryl did say he didn't think that'd be wise. I still think that I, I I'm not a hundred percent going to, I'm not comfortable relying on Robbie Anderson and Quincy and Nunwa yet, uh, until I get a full season of football from Quincy and Nunwa. And, uh, I see what Robbie Anderson does in a contract year. Uh, you know, and there's such it's such a deep wide receiver class. Uh, they don't have to address running back anymore, and that's a deep running back class too because they just signed Ty Montgomery, and obviously they added Le'Veon Bell, who I, I mentioned in the beginning. I still can't believe that he is a New York Jet. <laughs> yeah. However, um, I think that yeah, I think trading down is the move. Um, you know, I know McCagden sucks it in the middle rounds. Basically, he sucks past the first round, um, but. We still need those picks. You need young talent on the roster, and this is a. I, it just feels like a really deep, across the board, except for like maybe like offensive line. It feels like a really really deep draft class, um, and I think the Jets, if they, they be smart to trade down so they can kind of attack multiple positions that they need to fill. And that's the key, and that's like something Daryl hit on is. It'd be great to get an edge rusher. It'd be so much better to get a linebacker and a tackle and a corner or something else than just right. one position. Now, for all we know, Quinn Williams could be the next Aaron Donald or Josh Allen could be the next uh, Khalil Mack. No one's kind of hold on. Yeah, that that is a fine uh, the the Khalil Mack thing. Josh Allen, sure, fine, but let's just set the record straight. Nobody maybe ever is going to be as good as Aaron Donald. You're right, you're right. I'm, but you see my point, though, is that for right, all we know right. in the top two or three, you can get generational talents to that. It's usually right. where those guys yeah. get drafted. Troy like Palomalu also gets drafted 18th. Darrell Rivas also gets drafted 15th. Like, 
you're much better off filling multiple needs since you weren't able to do it in free agency. They need to go address multiple needs in this draft, and unfortunately they're in the hands of a guy that has had multiple chances with these picks and has failed multiple times. So hey, we we'll need see. a center. <laughs> a center, a linebacker, uh, a corner, a uh, cent, uh, uh, more offensive line help could always help. Maybe another wide receiver. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just need depth. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, the NFL draft is, from when this comes out, uh, is less than a week and a half away, Jesse. I know. I'm so excited. Yeah. And you'll be in New York for most of it. Most of it, yes. Yeah, I'll be in Philly Thursday. for... I'll be in New York Friday, Philly Saturday, and back in Jersey on Sunday. So, oh, so you'll literally be here for one of it, one day. Yeah. Of it. You'll be here for the 68th yes. and the 94th pick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when is your birthday? <laughs> uh, Friday. So, oh, Friday. Your, your birthday 26th. comes out the day of Endgame. Yes, sir. Okay. Sam well, Darnold was a great birthday present last that's year. That's right. It came out. You were born on the day of Infinity War. That's how that works, unfortunately, Jesse. Yeah. And now you will no. be born on the day. Sure, of, yeah. <laughs> you will be bo- you will be born on the day of Endgame as oh, well. Yeah. So there, your birthday is like a, a special a day of, for everybody. It's gonna be a heck of a birthday, Andrew. I hope you enjoy it. I will. It'll be a long day for me because I've got <laughs> potentially a draft party that I have to run social for. Um, I'm seeing Endgame Thursday night at eleven, and then I have IMAX tickets for Friday, so it's gonna be a lot of. So much, so much content going up on the site. Oh, I feel so, so bad for you. You're going to see I know, I have to see you're a gonna movie. Go to a, Listen, you're going to go to a draft party and drink, and then you're going to go see two movies. Listen, man, <laughs> it's a three-hour movie. <laughs> like, I'm That's all true. for it. I can't wait. I wish it was longer. But I'm working all day. Then I'm taking a train into wherever we decide to have this draft party, if and when we have this draft party. And then I'm taking that train back to Long Island to watch a three-hour movie at 11.30 at night. Hell yeah, brother. It's going to be great. I'm not as young as you guys. I need (laughs) sleep, okay? All right, rant over. Guys, thank you for checking out this episode of The Jet Stream. If you dig the show, head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. We'll be back hopefully with one or two more episodes before the draft to give you a much more extended coverage. But until next time, thank you for listening. Jesse J-E-T-S! Jets, jets, jets!